Welcome to the podcast arm of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Peculiar People's Parish, based in Regina, Canada. Our mandate is pursuing His purpose, pronouncing His power, and proclaiming His praise. You can subscribe to our podcast channel today, so you never miss an episode of our podcasts. Be blessed by this teaching. Psalms 32 and verse 8. We're just going to read a couple of scriptures and we are going to pray. Hallelujah. Psalm 32 and verse 8. It's our anchor scripture for the month of January. And even though January is ending, the word of the Lord abided forever. And the word of the Lord over you will not end. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Psalm 32 verses i will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shall go and i will guide thee with mine eye romans 8 verse 14 all the way to verse 19 and we're going to pray after that romans chapter 8 from verse 14 to verse 19 it says for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Verse 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 16. said, so the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of of God. Verse 17. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, um, uh, that we may be also glorified together. And verse 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And verse 19, the last verse. For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of a certain type of people called the sons of God. I'd like us to bow our heads and I'd like us to pray and I'd like you to ask God. Like we sang in the song this morning, it says the sound of heaven touching earth. I want someone to pray this morning and say, Lord, let heaven touch my earth this morning. Let your word, Lord, open my eyes to your word this morning. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law, things that I will apply, things that I will walk by, things that I will obey. Help me, Spirit of God, that you will speak to my heart indeed this morning in the name of Jesus. Somebody open up your mouth and pray. Lord, reach me by your word. Let this word not pass me by this morning in the name of Jesus. Open my eyes to see. Open my ears to hear. Open my heart to understand. Baptize me with fresh revelation insight that will cost me manifestation in the name of the Lord Jesus. Help my spirit. Help my soul this morning. You are the reason why I am here. So Lord, I receive. I receive from you this morning. I receive from you this morning 
in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. Thank you because the entrance of your word, the Bible says it gives light and understanding to the simple. We become the simple so that we receive understanding. By your word this morning, speak to our hearts, challenge us, cause us to move closer to you. As a result of that which you will teach us today, Lord, let our lives never remain the same again. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you're looking for a topic this morning within the limits of my time, I titled this The Evidence of Sonship. The Evidence of Sonship. The Evidence of Your Sonship. The Evidence of Your Sonship. I, I want to first say a big thank you, sir, for this opportunity to um, share God's word. Um, I do not take it lightly. Thank you very much, sir. The Lord bless you, sir. And for everyone who has been here since January speaking the word of the Lord, um, I don't know how you feel about this 2023, especially this January. Every message from this pulpit has been on point. I can tell you that. I can tell you that. Every single message from the first Sunday, in fact, from the crossover, has been so much on point that if you've not taken the time to go through those messages on our podcast or YouTube, you are missing a lot. And what I'm just, I believe that the Lord just wants to um, um, speak to us in the same vein and in the same direction, but shed a little bit different um, light to the word of God. I have a couple of translations about Psalm 32 verse 8 that I want us to go through together. Is that okay? Is that okay? Sometimes you read the King James and you don't with the dows and the do's and the, you know, when test and sometimes it becomes a bit complicated. Amen. But let's look at the NLT. I have all the translations in the slides, so um, you can just follow along as I go. Psalm 32 verse 8 in the NLT says, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. So there is a pathway for your life. God says, I want to guide you through it. This is God promising you. How many of you believe that God says what he means and he means what he says? God does not waste words. Amen. When God says something, he means it. He says, and I will advise you and watch over you. So God's word is that he wants to guide you, that there is a pathway. Not every pathway is the best pathway for you. There is a way that cement right unto a man, but the end thereof are what? Amen. Praise the Lord. But God says there is a best pathway. He is the one that knows the best pathway. And he wants to guide you through that best pathway. Um, the second one I, I copied from the TLB. That's the Living Bible. And it goes a bit further. It says, I will instruct you, says the Lord, and guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch your progress. That's, that's instructive because God is not only wanting to lead you. He's not only wanting to guide you. He's not only wanting to advise you. He wants to watch over you and see that you progress. Very important. Very important that God loves you enough not only to want to guide you, 
but to see that you make progress. Amen. Amen. That shows me that God loves me beyond measure. I read the next one from the Amplified Translation. It says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you. Now, he add something in there. Who are willing to learn? Ladies and gentlemen, the problem we have in life is not what God says. Because God will do what he says. The problem is us. Oh, let me rephrase that. Problem is me. Amen? Problem is me. Because here, from the Amplified Translation, it makes me understand that the counsel of God will only come if I'm willing to learn. Some of us do not know, but sometimes we manifest our unwillingness to learn the counsel of God by the way we do things. So the problem is not that God wants to speak. The problem is not that God wants to lead you. He's already said he will do so. The problem is, are we willing to learn? And God says, the only people I will provide counsel for are the people that are willing to learn. And he says, I will counsel you who are willing to learn with my eye upon you. God wants to watch over you. And see that you progress if you are willing to learn. Amen. Now, I'll look at the Passion Translation. This is very instructive because it combines verse 8 and verse 9. It says, I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you. I thought somebody would say amen. amen. Instructing you and guiding you along the pathway for your life. It says, I will advise you along the way. And lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. Now he says, so don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn when I take you where you've not been before. God recognizes that stubbornness is inside some of us. So according to the Passion Translation, he's advising you. Don't make life difficult for yourself. The problem is not whether God will speak to you. The problem is not whether God will guide you. The reality is that we make things difficult by our action, sometimes by our inaction. Because when we don't act, we have acted. Do you agree with me? But here he says, don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn when I take you. There are places you've never been before in the spirit. God says, I want to take you there. But your inaction can make things difficult. I like the next one. He says, don't make me tug you and pull you along. Don't make me do that. God says, don't make me do that. If you trust and you obey me and listen to instruction, I won't have to tug at you. Have you seen back from Nigeria where we come from when they take um, Ilea Ram you see the difficulty be between the Ilea Ram and the Ilea Master eh? when they eh? some of us spiritually are like that we are unwilling before the Lord and God says the people that I want to guide are people who will willingly follow we sang that song so many times this month. When we walk, 
with the Lord in the light of his word. What a glory he sheds on our way when we do his good will. What does he do? He abides with us still. And that is what I believe that God wants to do. Next slide. Listen, divine guidance is not just about God taking you to where you want to go. It's about God being a part of your daily decision making. God wants to be a part of your daily decision making. So when we are talking about God leading you, God guiding you, God instructing you, God teaching you, it's that God wants to become a part of your daily decision making. This 2023. And I pray that the Lord will give us grace to be able to yield to him absolutely in the name of the Lord Jesus. Next slide if you can. I want us to note something because every time we talk about receiving from the Lord and hearing from the Lord and, and, and letting God guide us, most of the time we think about the big things. Amen? We think about the big things. I, I need to change my job. I, uh, um, um, I need to relocate. I need to choose who to marry. I need to... We look at all those... You know what I mean by the big things, right? But the truth is this. The voice of the Lord is available in the little things. And when we miss him in the little things, you cannot miss him in the little things and expect him to show up and speak to you in the big things. It doesn't happen like that. God is not a magician. Amen. There are things in your everyday life. As I began to grow in the Lord and in the things of God, I began to understand that the, the Holy Spirit is, is, is desirous to be involved in my everyday life. What I wear, how I wear what I wear. When I wear what I wear, uh, uh, um, when I eat, uh, uh, um, the decisions about what to do, when to do what to do. Very, very minute details that when I cultivate the habit of listening to him in the little details, when it's time for the big things, I won't miss his voice. Does somebody understand what we're saying? It's very, very important as we talk about divine guidance, that we understand that you cannot shut out the voice of the Holy Spirit in the little things and expect him to speak loudly in the big things that concerns you. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a principle, there is a set of principles that they call 5W1H. It's used by the police for investigation. Journalists use it all the time. Um, consultants in marketing and public relations use it all the time. But I believe that these are questions that you need clarity on where your life is concerned. And the ability for you to listen for the voice of God answering those questions will determine the direction in which your destiny is going to turn. It's important. It's important. It's important that we ask who. When God created you, he sent you to some people. Who are those God sent you to? Who are those that God sent you to? What is it that God has sent you to do? 
When is it that he wants you to do it? Where does he want you to do it? Why? And how? When God says, I will teach you, those are the things he wants to show you. Those are the things that will bring you into clarity. Sometimes, I'll put a disclaimer, sometimes God does not show you everything. And like Pastor said, that's when it's an instruction. An instruction is a command, right? You don't disobey a command. Hmm? In the military, you obey the command, ask question later. Amen? When God gives you an instruction, take it and do it. But this is important for you and I to come into clarity. So God says in the book of Psalms, he says, I want to lead you. I want to teach you. I want to guide you. I want to show you the way. I want, I want to help you. He says all of that. And, and I'm beginning to wonder as a New Testament believer that is there a correlation with what God said in Psalms and the New Testament. And then I looked at Romans 8, 14, the scripture that we read earlier, I'll read from the Amplified Translation. It says, for all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Hold on. Let's flip that scripture a little bit. Let's use the translation we know. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? Sons. So let's flip it. For as many as are not led by the Spirit of God, they are is that clear? If you are led, you are sons. But if you are not led, now that doesn't mean that you are not born again. And I'll come to that in a moment. But it's important for you and I to understand that how God leads you is what determines the level of your sonship. Very, very important. I found that time is running out. I found out in the scriptures that the scriptures uses two different Greek words for the word child and the word son. To us in English, those words mean almost the same thing. A son is a male child, right? But, but in the Greek, there are two different words. And I don't want to go into that because we obviously don't have the time and we need to close. But basically... If you look through the Bible, especially in the New Testament, there are words where the Bible is very specific about the word children. One of it is in Romans 8 where we read, it says the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are not sons, we are children of God. And then when he comes to verse 14, he says as many as are led, they are not children, but they are sons of God. In the Hebrew culture, they have um, a particular tradition that they call the Bar Mitzvah. If you've ever been around the Jews, you will understand. And the Bar Mitzvah is that time when a child comes into maturity. It is actually a celebration. It's a time when the father says that I, this guy is no longer a child. In my absence, this guy can conduct business for me. He has grown to the point where he understands who I am and he can perform and execute anything just the way I, the father, can do it. That's who his son is. That's who his son is. 
that he has carefully received instructions consistently from me to the point where even when I'm no longer speaking to him, he understands my character enough to be able to execute my word. That's who his son is. And in the, in the Jewish tradition, it's a big thing. It's a big thing. Remember when Mary, Joseph, and Jesus went to the temple, they went to um, Jerusalem, right, for the festival. And then two days after, Mary and Joseph suddenly discovered that Jesus is not with them. Because the Bible says they had to do two days' journey to go and check where they left him. Amen. If it were today, some of us will have called police on both of them. Because how would you not know that a child is missing for two days? Well, here's my point. When they meet Jesus, and you begin to see the characteristic of sons, when they meet with Jesus, the first thing you'll understand is that they didn't meet Jesus playing with the other Jewish boys. They met Jesus in the temple. Jesus was in the temple. They traced him back in the temple. One of the characteristics of sons is that they love to always be in the presence of their father. Amen. The next thing they asked Jesus and Jesus' answer 12 year old but his answer was bigger than what a 12 year old should be saying. He says, don't you know that I ought to be about my father's business? That's the characteristic of a son. A son understands what is the business of the father. And a son goes ahead to execute the business of the father. That's how you know the difference between a child and a son. Ladies and gentlemen, you can have a 70-year-old man. 70-year-old man. You know that word. 70 years old man. Hmm? But in the spirit is a child. And yet you can have a 15 year old boy. But in the spirit he's a son. So where do you belong? That's the question. That's the question. There is what we call the evidence of your sonship. One of it is what we have looked at and we are looking at this morning that as many as are led, your ability to be led by the Spirit of God qualifies you to be called a son. I like the way the TPT translation puts it. The Passion Translation, Romans 8, 14. He says the mature children, so he, he defines those who are called sons. He says they are the mature children of God. They are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is always sending you impulses. The question is, are you moving by the impulse of the Spirit? It's always sending you impulses. Always. 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 So, I'll run through a couple of evidences because my time is almost running out. Evidence number one. I call it obedience to divine guidance and I've mentioned that. That the evidence of your sonship. Thank you, sir. 
the evidence of your sonship is strongly rooted in how often the Holy Spirit prompts you and how often you obey the prompting. So the problem is not the prompting. First, you have to pray so that you can know when you are being prompted. The second thing which is more important is obedience to the prompting because that's as important as receiving the prompting itself. So the evidence of your sonship is strongly rooted in how often the Holy Spirit is prompting you and how often you obey. You can take a look at that image of the boy. His parents know they stood in front of him and obviously calling his attention. But he's being distracted by certain things. And that's how you know a child. Because a child follows after distractions. Sons follow after the master. Children will follow distractions. And it's possible to undulate from being a son to being a child. It's possible. It's possible. Evidence number one. We've talked about that. That's something I said here in the next slide. If these two things consistently happen to you, perhaps we, need to, we have reason to question your sonship. Number one, if you don't recognize his prompting, we have reason to question your sonship. According to Romans 8, 14, it's not me. It's not me. It's Romans 8. Blame Paul. Okay. According to Paul, if you don't recognize his prompting, we have reason to question your sonship. Number two, if you are consistently disobedient to the prompting, we have reason to question your sonship. Ladies and gentlemen, I understand that this is a very difficult message to preach, both for the preacher and the hearer, because I can understand why the church is very silent. It's okay. Even me, God has used these tools to flog me where Amen? Like we say it in my hometown. But I need us to understand. Second evidence, I'll run through that because of my time. Very, very important. Second evidence. The second evidence, I call it personal encounters in the word. Very, very important. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, your sonship cannot be measured in any other way but by the word. Personal encounters in the word. I don't have time, but in Luke chapter 4 from verse 17, Jesus went to the temple and when he got into the temple, Bible says he took the scroll, the Torah, and he read from the Torah. Bible says when he was finished, he closed it and he looked at the people and he said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears, in your eyes. The people didn't understand. But ladies and gentlemen, we've heard today, we heard, thank you, sir, for that word, this first service, that 99% of the will of God is embedded in the word. That includes why you are here on earth. Jesus found his own. Have you found your own? 
Ladies and gentlemen, if you wake me in the middle of the night and ask me, why are you here on planet Earth? I have a scripture that I can give to you. What are you doing here on Earth? I have found my own scripture. I found it. Years ago when I was in university, I found it. Have you found your own? Mike, Miles Monroe is the one that says, where purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. So maybe the reason why some of us are running Helter Skelter is because we have not understood purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, inside the 66 books of the Bible, there is something about you. It says in the volume of the books, it is written of me. What is it that has been written of you? Until you and I begin to have personal encounters in the world, personal encounters in the world, we are still playing. We are still children. I'm not talking about not reading the word. Reading the word is good. Studying the word is good. But I'm talking about encounters in the word. Encounters that will make you become so confident that this scripture, it is me that they wrote it about. Hallelujah. Very, very important. Evidence number three this morning. Evidence number three. Personal encounters in the spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't have the time to read Matthew 17, but we know the story is the story of Jesus' transfiguration on the mountain. And the Bible says that two guys came to meet Jesus where he was standing. One was Moses and the other was who? Elijah. Ladies and gentlemen, those were prophetic representations of the word and the spirit. You cannot enter into dimensions of transformation without the word of God and without the spirit. So as much as I want you to stay in the word, you've got to understand that there is a spirit dimension where God wants to give you personal encounters in the spirit. Personal encounters. This message is not for children, it's for sons. And those who are willing to graduate into sonship, until you come into a place where you have personal encounters. I remember when I was young. I got born again from an early age. Back in my secondary school, I used to have this colleague of mine. She's a lady. And my goodness, it sent me into prayers. Because literally, Jesus will walk into her room and tap her by the leg and wake her up. And they will sit down and they will talk. And ladies and gentlemen, if you hear the conversation, you will know that this was not made up. You know that this one was not made up. There was a day they were discussing me. By the time she told me what they discussed, I knew that in fact, flesh and blood has not revealed this one to you. I knew. I knew. God wants to give you and I personal encounters in the spirit. We can't be playing church. We can't, sir. I'm sorry. We can't. There are dimensions in the spirit that God wants you and I to reach. And if we are not getting there, we are only cheating ourselves. Evidence number four, and I don't have time. Personal sacrifice for the kingdom. We know the story, Genesis 22. The story of Abraham. 
And God told him, he said, Abraham, he said, take your son. Just in case you are talking, you are thinking I'm talking about another one. Your only son. Just in case you are thinking that maybe it's still a futuristic one. Whom thou lovest. Whom thou lovest. Personal sacrifice. That's how you know sons. Uh You know children. They don't want to sacrifice. Do you agree with me? Children don't want to sacrifice. When you come into sonship, nothing is too big to give away. It's a mark of sonship. Nothing is too big to give. God is a rewarder of time, of talent, and of treasures. Evidence number five. And this is the last so that we can pray. When the Holy Spirit gave me this, I understood. He said that sons sing spiritual songs. Ladies and gentlemen, not every gospel song is a spiritual song. Amen? Yeah, you understand? They, I'm a producer. We produce beats. We know how to do it to make you dance. Yeah, we know how to do that. And I'm not saying that dancing is bad, though. That's not what I'm saying. But the Bible, the scriptures, encourages us about singing spiritual songs. It is only people who come into a dimension of sonship that understand spiritual songs. Those who are children don't understand it. Children don't understand it. Sons don't joke with intimacy with the father. That's how you know sons. Children can joke with intimacy because as far as children are concerned, daddy is always there. I can go out, I can go do anything, I come back, that is there. That is not going anywhere. But sons understand that every time spent with the father is purposeful. For God does not waste time. This message is for sons and those willing to come up into sonship. Let me round up so that we can pray. I've got two conclusions here, and I'm done. Conclusion one, a set of conclusions. In Romans 8, 14, the message transition. Can you help me with that very quickly, if you can? I'm just, I'm concluding so that we can pray, and I'm done. It says, for all who are, message transition, MSG. I need to show you something. Do we have the MSG? Or should I read it from here? Okay. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you very much. God bless you. It says God's spirit beckons. Romans 8, 24 that we read earlier. I'm rounding up with that. It says God's spirit beckons. There are things to do and there are places to go. Ladies and gentlemen, in the spirit realm, there are things to do. In the spirit realm, there are places to go. God has tasks for you and I in 2023. I know that January is already gone and January is already past. But God has tasks for you and I to accomplish in the spirit. 
in order to go up to your next level, you must be willing to grow up. There is no going up without growing up. Is somebody understanding what I'm saying? If you are not willing to grow up, there are certain places that you will never reach in the spirit. Amen? And you must make your spiritual maturity your priority in this 2023. When you understand that God is calling you into sonship, that's what you'll do. My last slide and I'm done. God, I believe, wants to take you on a journey. That's why he started this year with the word on divine guidance. He wants to take you on a journey. But first, you must heed the call to sonship. You cannot disobey the call to sonship and expect to enter into a journey with God. You must heed the call to sonship. And for you to be like him, you must be willing to be with him. I don't know which part of this message God has spoken to you about, but I need us to bow our heads and I need us to pray and say, Lord, you are calling me to sonship. Give me grace to follow. Give me grace to follow. Help me, Lord, that I will be able to fulfill your purpose for my life in the name of Jesus. Help me, Spirit of the living God. Let my life make sense. Help me, God, to appropriate that which you have taught me. Lord, help me to come into these dimensions of sonship. Lord, that you are prepared for me in the name of the Lord Jesus. Help me, Spirit of God. We hope you were blessed by that teaching. For further inquiries, please visit our website, www.rccgppp.org. You can also check us on Facebook and on YouTube at rccgpppsk, on Instagram and Twitter at rccgppp. If you are within the city of Regina, Canada, you can join us in person at 1771 Bond Street, S4N, 1X7 for a refreshing time in God's presence.